People need encouragement today. That's that's a, that is a definite. Uh, people are in need of encouragement. We go out visiting, and we find that we find that to be the case often. Go out preaching, find that to be the case often. And so, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please. And we must be having a little trouble with our screens tonight. But take your Bibles and turn to First Kings chapter nineteen. First Kings chapter nineteen in your Bibles, and of course, we've been doing a a, a series on Wednesday night. Uh, on burnout, Christian burnout, and battling Christian burnout. And that's sort of what we're dealing with tonight. We're talking about dealing with the dread of discouragement. And so 1 Kings chapter 19, and um, I'll tell you what, you were just standing, and so I'll just let you remain seated tonight. Uh, and I want you to look with me, though, at 1 Kings 19. We've used this over and over again, but the Lord just con- continues to give fresh just continues to give fresh things from this. And this is definitely a, a message, a fresh message that God has given us for tonight. And I'm excited about tonight. I believe I, I believe that God's given me this for uh, for somebody here this evening. And so 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And I want you to notice the next few verses. The Bible says, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose. And did eat and drink and went the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I even uh, only, I only am left, and they seek my life. To take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering into the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Aren't you glad God speaks more than once? Amen. There's so much in this chapter. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And I'll stop there tonight. 
And I want to I, I want us just to go through this, and we're gonna we're gonna bring out some of these verses. And I want to talk to you about that subject tonight, dealing with the dread of discouragement and uh, some godly counsel that God gave to his man. And, and uh, boy, I, I appreciate this. And so let's go to the Lord, ask God to help us tonight, and we'll get right into the Bible study this evening. Father, thank you so much for church, and thank you for Wednesday night. And God, I pray now that you'll bless our discussion this evening, and uh, thank you for the music and the singing Lord, it feels like it went about 110 mile an hour to me, and uh, I can't believe it's already time to get up here and teach the Bible, but God, I pray now that you'll, you'll bless this time, and I know that our folk, many of them today, have, have worked a long, hard, strenuous day. They're a little physically, they're a little weary tonight, and so Lord, I pray supernaturally that you touch their bodies, and I pray that you'd give them the energy to listen, not only to listen, but to glean, Lord, some truths tonight that I believe would... Uh, uh, that I believe will help them. And Father, I pray that, that uh, you'll encourage. I pray that Christ will be honored and glorified. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit now. We need that tonight. And I pray you'll touch us, not only spiritually, but God, I pray you'll touch us physically tonight. And I pray you'll touch our folk and help them. And we pray that Jesus, again, will receive all the glory and praise. He's definitely worthy of that tonight. We love you and praise you. Bless all those who may be watching by way of live stream. Maybe you'd do something supernatural there tonight. Maybe somebody we, we, we don't even know that's watching. Maybe even in a different country somewhere. And God, tonight their heart would be spoken to and their life would be changed. And so have thy way, please. Uh, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. It's interesting that although Elijah is one of the most well-known prophets of the Bible... You could, you could ask a, a lost person if they've heard of Elijah, and even lost people would say, of course, I've heard of Elijah. Uh, even people that, that don't go to church have heard some of the stories about uh, how Elijah called down fire from heaven, and Elijah was the one that prayed, and, uh, and God, kept, God sealed up the heavens, and it didn't rain for uh, three years. Uh, and uh, think about that. Man, uh, Elijah was the prophet, the same prophet that prayed, and God sent water, and he was the same prophet that prayed, and God sent fire. And boy, you've got you've got power when you can pray down water or you can pray down fire. And, and both of those times, it was a powerful, powerful miracle. Elijah was that prophet that went to heaven in a whirlwind of fire, a chariot of fire. And uh, that prophet that that uh, smote the waters and the waters of the Jordan River, and they parted hither and thither. And boy, tremendously, tremendously powerful prophet. But what's really interesting is about Elijah is, is that there's really only six chapters of Scripture that deal with the life and ministry of the great prophet Elijah. Now, he's mentioned, he's mentioned numerous times throughout the Word of God, but just sort of here and there, and, uh, and his name is mentioned and that kind of thing. But I'm talking about uh, scripture that just really deals with the life and the ministry of Elijah. Really, just six short chapters that deal with the ministry and the life of Elijah. And then what's really interesting is, is this, that, that one of those chapters, pretty much one of those chapters, deals with a time when Elijah became discouraged. And uh, uh, in fact, out of all those verses that talk about Elijah, a good portion of those verses deal with a time when God's man became discouraged and how God encouraged him. Now, 
I said that to say this. Somebody says, preacher, what's the message? Well, <clears throat> I believe the message is this. You know what? That God wanted us to see a man of God who got discouraged and God wanted us to learn from that time of discouragement. So when times of discouragement come into our life, you know what? We can glean from what God did in Elijah's life. You know, one of the very first things that we notice about the life of Elijah is that, you know what, that tells me that good people get discouraged. I mean, Elijah was a great prophet, a great man of God, one of my favorites. I used to love to hear Preacher Johnson when he would preach on that story about Elijah praying down that fire from heaven. And man, I, as a young man, I couldn't wait till the preacher got to that part where that fire fell. And I, I loved that. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you know what this tells me? That discouragement is no respecter of persons and that you can be a powerful man of God or you can be a powerful servant of God and you can be in the will of God and become discouraged. In fact, James tells us about Elijah in James chapter five, verse number 17, Elias, talking about Elijah, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And so even though he was a powerful man of God, you know what, he still suffered from the same temptations that you and I do. And he got discouraged, just like you get discouraged and just like I get discouraged. Now, as I was reading back through this chapter again, as I've done many times, <clears throat> as we've been talking about here on Wednesday night, uh, you know, the Lord began to just speak to my heart about some things and, and I began to write some of those things down and God began to, uh, God began to deal with my heart and, and I began to look at this chapter in a little bit different way and I began to notice some of the counsel that God began to give to his man in this time of discouragement. And I'm going to give you some of these, some of these nuggets, if you will, some of these truths, uh, some of this counsel, if you will, that God gave to his man when he was in a time of discouragement. And I think that we can use these things in our own personal life. For instance, number one, I noticed that God's message to Elijah was, first of all, this, rise up. Number one, rise up. Look, if you will, at 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number five. He said, and as, as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, what's that next word? Arise, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water in his head and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Man, he is really discouraged. Verse seven, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Aren't you glad that God uh, doesn't give up? Aren't you glad that God comes back the second time? The Bible says, and touched him and said the second time and said, what's the word? Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. Rise up. That was his message to, to his discouraged prophet. Hey, uh, uh, Elijah, rise up. In other words, don't stay down. Don't stay down. Don't wallow in self-pity. Man, get up, get up. And that's my message to you tonight. And that's God's message to you tonight. You know what? When times of discouragement come, and they're going to, they're gonna come. I mean, it's just a part of life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, listen, it doesn't matter how successful you are. The truth of the matter is, times of discouragement are going to come. Uh, you know, maybe Brother Zach's watching tonight. And, uh, and, and uh, I, spent, I spent about 30 or 45 minutes on the phone with Brother Zach this week. And you pray for Brother Zach. And still doing good, still doing good. But they've had, you know, they've had two or three weeks, you know, where uh, their numbers have been down a little bit. And, and uh, they, had a, they had a special day this last Sunday and, you know, uh, and didn't really have the numbers that they wanted to have. 
And uh, but this week I told him, I said, son, you're just going to have to practice longevity. you got to stay in there. you got to stick with the stuff. I mean, man, you're just in the baby, baby stages and, and uh, just, just hang in there. And I said, listen, after 26 years, it still doesn't get easy. I mean, it's still a fight all the time. And, uh, but the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or a factory worker or an office worker or whatever it may be. You know, mom, dad, a teenager, everybody gets discouraged. But God's counseled us in that time is this. It's important that you always get up, that you rise up, that you don't stay down, that you get back up again. Old story, you've heard me tell the story about the football team that needed a player. They lost a good player. And they needed a player on the team. And, and the coach got all the players in the, in the, the locker room and began to show some videos. And he showed a video of, of a football player and the guy got knocked down and he didn't get back up. And the, and the coach said, fellas, he said, is that the guy we want for our team? They said, no, sir, coach, that is not the guy. So he put another video clip in. It showed a guy getting knocked down and he got back up and he got knocked down and he got back up and he got knocked down. He didn't get back up. And he said, fellas, is that the guy that we want to recruit? And they said, no, sir, that's not the one. So he put another one in. And it showed a guy and he got knocked down and he got back up and he got knocked down and he got back up and he got knocked down and he got back up and he got knocked down, but didn't get back up. And uh, he said, pretty good. He said, is that the guy? They said, no, sir, that's not the one. So he said, let me show you one more. He put another one in, and the guy got knocked down, and he got back up, and he got knocked down, and he got back up, and he got knocked down, and he got back up, and he got knocked down, and he got back up. And you're getting the message tonight. He got knocked down, and he got back up, and he got knocked down, and he got back up, and he got knocked down. And every time he got knocked down, he got back up. And the coach said, is that the guy we want? They said, yes, sir, that's the one. He said, no, we want the one doing all the knocking down. Amen. Now, listen, the moral of that story is that praise the Lord, at least there was a guy that when he got knocked down, he got back up. And if you're here tonight and you get knocked down, get back up again. Get back up now. You know what? It may be your fault. It may be somebody else's fault. It may be a storm. It may be a valley. It may be something that you never saw coming. Uh, it may be something that doesn't seem fair. But I'm just saying this, brother, don't stay down. Don't stay down. When you get knocked down, hey, it's very important that you rise up, rise up again and stay encouraged. I, I think about that little boy. I love to tell that little story. But that little boy, he loved, 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 loved baseball. Little guy had a big old baseball hat, uh, cap on. And, and uh, I used to do this. I can, I, I can relate to the story. And he was out there and didn't have anybody to play with him. And so he, he uh, was tossing the ball. It had a bat in one hand, a ball in the other hand. And he'd throw that ball up, you know, he was going to hit the balls. And, and, uh, and so he uh, took that ball Man, he got ready, and he threw that ball up, and man, he waited, and whoo, and that ball hit the ground. Strike one. And uh, he said, I'll get you next time. He took that ball. He said, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. He threw that ball up, and man, here it came, and whoo, and the ball hit the ground. And strike two. And he said, by George, I'll get you this time. He got ready. He spit on his hands. He got a good grip on that bat. He took that ball. He said, I'm going to time it just right. He threw that ball up. He waited. He waited. He waited. Boom! And the ball, boom, hit the, hit the ground right in front of him. He took that bat. He threw that bat down, picked up that glove, and he said, wow, what a pitcher, what a pitcher, what a pitcher. And uh, now, hey, brother, you know what? If batting don't work, then become a pitcher, amen? And uh, if you get knocked down, get back up, man, get back up. And this, all, this is the simple message tonight, but this is all I'm saying. When you get down in your marriage, get up again. When you get down in your job, get, get up again. Hey, when you get down in your ministry, get up again. Don't 
don't stay down. Don't lay down. Don't you die. Hey, arise is what God said was man. It's important that you rise up. One of the very first jobs that I ever had when I joined the workforce was I worked on dairy farm. And I'm glad I did. I, I, I enjoyed. It's a, it's a messy job. But I enjoyed my time on the farm. One of the things that I learned on the farm and being around animals is this. When an animal gets down, it's very important that you get them up on their feet just as soon as possible. And so you have a cow, an old heifer, and she gets a little sick. And uh, you know what? It, it, you watch that farmer. That farmer will give them antibiotics. He'll, he'll give them the medicine they need. But sometimes an old cow will just lay there. It'll just lay there. And they do their best to try to get that cow, get that cow up or that horse or whatever it might be. It's very important that you take that animal and get that animal up on their feet. Why? Because there's just something about getting on your feet. There's something about not laying down. Uh, sometimes an animal will just sort of give up and it's very important that you, I, I remember one time we had, a, we had an old heifer that gave birth to a calf and the calf wouldn't get up. I remember, I remember that uh, it almost acted like it had a problem with his legs. And I remember that farmer that I worked for. He'd pick that calf up and it'd just fall down. He'd pick it up and it just fell down. And he kept on. I mean, he wouldn't leave that calf alone. He just kept on picking it up, kept on picking it up, kept on picking it up, and it just collapsed. And he kept on picking it up and kept on picking it up. And guess what? Sure enough, it wasn't long before he held his legs underneath him. And, uh, and I remember that calf walking around that, uh, around that pen. Now, what are you saying? I'm saying it's important that you don't stay down. You don't stay down. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to stay down. He wants to count you out. That's what he wants to do, brother. Don't you stay down. That's exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to stay down in your ministry. He wants you to stay down in your finances. He wants you to stay down in your marriage. Hey, don't you do it. Rise up. Get up. Get up. Get up. And you'll be the better Christian because of it. Now, do it. Amen. I mean, brother, find a way. Find a way. You pull yourself up. You get somebody else to pull you up. Uh, but whatever you do, man, don't you stay down. You get up. You get up. Now, it's about like that story. You've heard about that story. The old guy had been drinking a little bit. And he was walking through the cemetery. And it was late at night. And it was just as dark. I mean, it was dark as could be. No moon that night. And he's walking through there, and he didn't know that that day they had dug a grave. They was going to bury somebody the next day, and they dug a grave, and they left it open. No boy's walking through there, and all of a sudden, whoop, I mean, he fell down in that grave. And, I mean, he did his best to, to claw his way out and couldn't get out, couldn't get out. I mean, he'd, he'd get up so far, and he'd slide back down. And finally, he said, well, you know what? I might as well just, I might as well just get some sleep, and I'll wait, and somebody will come by tomorrow. And, uh, and so he just huddled back there in the back corner of that grave and, and went off to sleep. And lo and behold, if somebody else didn't come walking through that same cemetery and fell right smack dab in the same hole, didn't know the other guy was in there. And, uh, I mean, tried to start climbing, and, and he'd get up so far, and he'd slide down, and got up so far and slide down. All of a sudden, the voice in the corner said, Boy, you ain't getting out of here. But he did. Amen. He did. <laughs> He did. That's the moral of the story. He did. He did. Amen. I, I want to tell you what, buddy. The devil comes a lot of times. The devil says, you ain't getting out of here. You're not getting, getting up. I got you down for good this time. But listen, it's important. Amen, brother. Amen. It's important that you rise up, rise up. And that's what God is telling his prophet. Listen, rise up. Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up 
again and riseth up again. Maybe you're here tonight and you've blown it. Maybe you're here tonight and you've done something you shouldn't have done. Okay, get it confessed. Get it right with God. But don't you stay down. Get back up. Get going for God again. It's important that we rise up. Rise up. How about this? Number two. Not only rise up, but number two, God said to Elijah, fill up. Fill up. Look back at our scripture, if you will. First Kings chapter 19 and verse number five. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, I mean, he's down, brother. He's down for the count. Behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and, what's the next word? Eat. Boy, I like that one, don't y'all? Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water in his head, and he did, and he did eat and drink. But the Bible says, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and, what's the word? Eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Interesting. Verse 6 implies that Elijah ate, but possibly that he did not eat enough. He did gain some strength, but he didn't gain the strength that he needed. Because the Bible says he laid back down again. And again God came and God said, Elijah, get up and eat. In other words, Elijah, get up and fill up. Now, if you're here tonight and you're down spiritually or you're down emotionally, there's probably a reason. And may I say tonight, it could be partly because you need to fill up physically. In other words, you know what? It could be you need to fill up on some physical food. Now, for most of us, that's not our problem. But if you're here tonight, you're not taking care of your body like you should. Uh, you know, maybe you're not eating the right kind of things. Then, you know what? It could be that God's message to you is fill up. Fill up on physical food. Or it could be tonight you need to fill up on physical rest. Physical rest. Someone said fatigue makes cowards of us all. And the truth is, church, when we get tired and we get wore out, we make stupid decisions. When we get really, really fatigued and really tired, y'all listen, when we get really tired, we say things we shouldn't say. And we do things we shouldn't do and we act in ways we shouldn't act. That's truth, isn't it? I, I was reading an interesting article about Navy SEALs and Bud's training. And they said that, that part of the training that the Navy SEALs goes through is, is a sleep deprivation training. And that, that, that they'll keep a Navy SEAL awake for as many as five days in a row. Now, I, I can't imagine that. But anyway, uh, five days in a row. They interviewed one of those Navy SEALs, and he said this. He said, he said after 72 hours, he said it, it really becomes a mind game because he said after 72 hours straight of no sleep, he said you begin to hallucinate. doesn't matter how, who you are. doesn't matter how strong you are. You begin to hallucinate. He said that he said after 72 hours I had no sleep, he said there was a plane where we were. He said there was a plane coming in, and he said I was convinced that that was a flying horse. He said, I knew it was. He said, I, I saw it coming in. I thought, man, look at that horse right there. That horse is flying. And uh, he said he said that he, he, they came to a, a fire hydrant, and he said, uh, for some reason, he said that fire hydrant looked just like a bodybuilder. He said, I don't know why that bodybuilder's uh, sitting there on the sidewalk, but you know what? Tired. I mean, sleep deprived. 
And uh, when you get tired, when you get fatigued, you begin to make unwise decisions. And when you get tired, a lot of times you get discouraged uh, and, uh, and you feel like quitting. You ever been there before? Boy, I remember my wife and I were going to Bible college. Oh, my soul. Man, I was, I was working a full-time job at overnight transportation in Chicago. I was taking a full load of classes at college. And uh, wife, two kids, we were, we were averaging somewhere between 25 to 30 hours in ministry just on Saturday and Sunday and just busy. I mean, preaching six times on Sunday and just busy, busy. And uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you what, I mean, reading every second, every, I'm talking, listen, every free second, every free second. I never drove in college. My wife always drove because while she was driving, I was reading and just reading and studying and doing homework. And, and I remember, I remember one Saturday, we went to the college to have our division meeting for the bus routes and, and we had left. The, the college, and we're going to drive to Chicago and go visiting on our bus route. And I don't know what happened that day, but I remember my wife and I got so discouraged. I can't remember what happened. Uh, it was, and you know what? Truth of the matter is, it probably wasn't much. But we got so discouraged. Now, I'm, I, listen, I mean discouraged. I mean, brother, we were done. You could stick a fork in us. I mean, we were done with college. We were done with church. We were done with bus route. We were done with ministry. I mean, didn't want any part of it. I mean, brother, just, I mean, we were done. Y'all know, I mean, brother, we were done. In fact, if I remember right, the rest of that trip all the way to Chicago, it was quiet. It's quiet in the car. Man, I was so discouraged. She is so discouraged. I mean, brother, we, we didn't, listen, didn't know what to say. I mean, there wasn't nothing you could say. I mean, we were just discouraged. And uh, I remember this. We drove to, we drove to Bellwood, Illinois. Bellwood, Illinois is right next to, right there next to uh, O'Hare Airport in Chicago. And I remember we pulled into a Wendy's parking lot. I don't think that Wendy's is even there anymore. And we pulled in that Wendy's parking lot. And you know what we did? We just hit the little lever on our seats, and we laid our seats back, and we just crashed. You say slept? Mm-mm. Crashed. I mean crashed. You know what? I love Dr. Ray Young. I respect him. Y'all understand that? I respect Dr. Ray Young. But that day, I didn't care what Ray Young said. I mean, listen, I, and uh, I'm picking. We, listen, we, we, put our, we put our seats back, and we just crashed. I mean, and just slept and slept and slept. We woke up in the car, and we went into Wendy's. And we got us something to eat that day. I'll, I'll, never, I'll, I'll never forget that. A lot of days I can't remember about college, but I can remember this day. And we went into that Wendy's, and we got us something to eat. And then we got back in the car, and we went on to the bus route. And I remember my wife driving me around. I went. I started knocking on doors and visiting the bus route. And you know, it's amazing how God began to heal our spirits. Now, you, you say, why, preacher? We got some rest. We got some rest. We were so tired. I mean, it was the end of the world. I mean, it really was. I mean, it was the end of the world. I mean, we didn't want preaching. We didn't want anything. But I'll tell you what we did, and we just needed some rest. And when we got some rest and we got some food, uh, it, made, it made all the difference in the world. Hey, it could be tonight that you need to fill up on spiritual food. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. 
For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. If you're here or ever and you get discouraged, whatever you do, don't, don't miss church. Man, that's when you need church the most. You say, preacher, I didn't feel like coming. Come on anyway. Because that's when you need to fill up, man. That's when you need some good choir singing. That's when you need some good fellowship. That's when you need some good preaching. That's when you need to get some good Bible teaching. Why? Because it's important that you fill up on spiritual food. And so God says to Elijah, Elijah, I know you're discouraged. Number one, I want you to rise up. Number two, I want you to fill up. I like this. I like this. Number three, he said, I want you to show up. Would you look at 1 Kings chapter 19? And look at verse number 11. I love this point. Verse 11, and he said, <laughs> and here Elijah is. Elijah's in the cave, brother. I mean, he's in the cave. He's in there with the bats and the dampness and the dripping, cold. Verse 11, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. You know what he said? Elijah, show up. I'm going to tell you where to be. Show up. Show up. Man, I love this point because a lot of being successful is just showing up. <laughs> Just show up. You say, preacher, don't feel like it. Okay, show up anyway. Show up. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're a business owner or a supervisor or some kind of a leader, you know what I'm talking about. Brother, it is like pulling wisdom teeth now just to get people to show up. Just show up, brother. I'm not talking about working. I'm talking about just show up. Well, I, you know, preacher, I had a sniffle. Well, you know what? You can go to work with a sniffle. I mean, you may blow your nose a little bit more, but you can go to work with a sniffle. Amen, that's right. And uh, I mean, man, just listen, just show up. You know, I, I, I thought about this. Uh, sometimes if you'll just show up to the job or show up to school or show up to church. I th- I, I, man, I got so many thoughts going through my mind right now. When, when we were kids, we'd, we were kids, and Dad would come through the house, and he'd wake us all up. And I'd say, Dad, I ain't feeling good today. I don't feel good. It never failed, never failed. My daddy'd say, get up. I don't feel good. He'd say, get up. He'd say, put your feet on the floor and get up and walk around a little bit. <laughs> he never let us lay in the bed. He'd say, get up. Get up and walk around. Get up and walk around. You might feel better if you get up and walk around. Now, if we were real sick, Dad let us, you know, he'd, he'd have a little bit of mercy, but Dad would, even, even when we were sick, Dad would say, get up, get up. And uh, now what was he teaching me? Hey, you need to go on. You may not feel exactly great, but you need to go on. Go on to school. Go on to work. By the way, thank God I had a daddy that taught me character like that. And listen, you may not feel, uh, you may not be jumping split rail fences, but you can still go to school. And you may not, you may not feel great, 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 but you can still go to work. And by the way, you may not feel great, 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 but you can still go to church, amen. That's right. And God says to Elijah, show up. And then I noticed that he said, show up to the place where I'm gonna be. He said, stand upon the mount before the Lord. He said, you show up to the place where I'm gonna be. 
And, 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 and let me just give you this thought. When you're discouraged, show up to the place where God's going to be. When you're discouraged, show up to your time with God. So, preacher, I don't feel good today. Well, go ahead and read your Bible anyway. So, preacher, I'm <coughs> coughing a little bit. Go ahead and cough and read your Bible. You, you sure I'm going with that? Man, show up to your devotions. You say, preacher, I don't feel like praying. Pray anyway. Preacher, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Read your Bible anyway. When you're discouraged, show up to the house of God. And here's the interesting part about this story. It's interesting that when Elijah was faithful to show up, guess who else showed up? God showed up. Look, look at it. Verse number 11. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Now watch now. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Oh, boy. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And, brother, what a fire could not do and what an earthquake could not do and what a wind could not do, a still, small voice couldn't do. And you know what? God showed up. And how many times have people come and told me, Preacher, I didn't feel like coming. I didn't want to come tonight. I didn't want to come, but I went ahead and came. And man, I'm so glad I did because God gave me what I needed tonight. So important. So his counsel to Elijah was this, number one, rise up. Number two, fill up. Number three, show up and we're done. How about this? Number four, his counsel to his discouraged man was number four, listen up. Listen up. Now look at 1 Kings 19 again. And verse number, verse number 12, the Bible says, And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Look at verse 13. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering into the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here Elijah. And church, I'm done tonight, but let me just say this. When you're going through a time of discouragement, it's very important that you listen to the right voice. Because how many know that when you're really, really discouraged, you're prone to hear a lot of different voices? Do you know that? So, uh, listen, if you hear a voice when you're discouraged, if you hear a voice and that voice says, just stay down, just stay down. If you hear a voice and that voice says, you know what, you'll never amount to anything. If you hear a voice that says, you know what, you'll never be used again. Or you hear a voice that says, you'll never be forgiven. Or maybe you hear a voice that says, it's never going to get any better. I got some wor a word for you tonight. That's not God's voice. That's not God's voice. In fact, in fact, would you notice what, God, what God's counsel was to Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15, and the Lord said unto him, what's the next word? Go, go. Elijah, don't you stay down. I know you're discouraged. I know it's a battle. I know it's a storm. Don't you stay down. You get up. You get up and you go forward. And you know what, church? I believe with all my heart that's God's message to you tonight. Don't you stay down. Don't you stay down. Get up. 
go forward. God's still got big plans for your life. God wants to use you in a great way. You say, preacher, I blew it. Okay, get it confessed. Get it under the blood. Uh, uh, forsake it. But brother, go on and let God use you again. Uh, you're discouraged about something in your marriage. Go forward. You're discouraged about something in your family. Go forward. You're discouraged about something on the job. Go forward. Brother, don't lay down. Don't die. Rise up and go forward for God. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this simple message this evening. And Father, I pray that when those times of discouragement come, that God will, will take this counsel that you gave to the prophet. God, I pray that we'll apply it in our own heart and lives. God, when we're in that, that down time and we're tempted to die, we're tempted just to, just to stay down, God, I pray that you'll help us to rise up. And God, at times I pray that you'll be careful to help us to fill up. God, I pray that you'll help us to, to listen up. God, tonight I pray that you'll help us to show up. Lord, work, I pray, in our hearts and our lives tonight. And Father, help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful. Father, help us when Jesus comes to be found faithful. Lord, I, I, I pray, and, and we're doing great on time tonight. God, I pray that you'll bless in this time of invitation. And Lord, maybe there's somebody here this evening. Maybe there's a battle in their life. And the enemy has come, and he said, you know what? You're, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it in the ministry. You're not going to make it in that bus route. You're not going to make it on the job that you're in. You're not going to make it in your marriage. God, I pray you'd give us some people tonight who would come and who would say, God, help me to rise up. Help me to rise up. Have thy way in this invitation, Lord, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight, if you would, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Listen, we won't prolong.